I think I have really let go of the idea that I'm going to start wearing like mascara and fancy shoes and just fully <laughs> accepted who I have always been. <laughs> Amen. I'm not going to be that. <laughs> Amen. Coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. A conversation about the great and sometimes not so great outdoors. I'm your host, Lynn Melling. And I'm Jody Gruen. And we do this for fun. Hey, it's Lynn. And it's Jody, and we are here today with Anna Lowenthal Walsh. And I would like to introduce her by explaining the excitement that I had gotten from a friend when I asked her about other humans in this world, specifically here in Minneapolis, who would be great additions to our podcast. And I explained what We Do This For Fun was all about. And she was like, oh my God, you have to talk to Anna. You have to talk to her. And she specifically said... Um, she is building a, hand, uh, a cabin from scratch by hand. And she said, and she's doing it, not her husband. She is doing that. So I think that that are some major shoes to fill mm-hmm. and the things that we women aspire to, but often feel a little intimidated by. Just slightly. Oh, just a little bit. And yeah, so <laughs> Anna is not only a builder, but she is an artist she is thought-provoking. I've read her website. And she's also a doula. So she's like kind and giving, life-giving human being. And with that, Anna, thank you so much for being here. I do these really Welcome. long introductions. I, and I just, it's because I'm looking at you and I'm just feeling this energy. <laughs> You're fangirling. Yeah. You're fangirling. Thank you. For, we always yeah. are of everyone. Yes. <laughs> thank you for that generous introduction. It's nice yes. to be here. This is my first time being on a podcast, so. Oh, well, I'm a little nervous. No need. (laughs) This is low rent. No, no, no need to be nervous. And we do this for fun. Remember, there's no, that's the the beauty of our community is there's no judgment (laughs) at all. You can be terrible at things and that's okay. We're doing it for fun. Um, (laughs) Perfect. So I would, I'd love to start, Anna. First things first, we were just, before we started recording, you were saying that you're from San Francisco. So I would love to know how in the world you ended up in Minneapolis. What brought you here? Uh, Well, we moved here from the San Francisco Bay Area. We were just south of San Francisco on the coast in a little tiny town called Half Moon Bay. um, That's just west of Silicon Valley. And we were living a very different life than we are here. But we moved for a job for my husband. He works at Medtronic um, in 2004. And for a Californian, a move to Minnesota is a giant leap. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and I had really not spent time in any real cold before. So um, that has been a really new experience. And it turns out I love it. So really, <laughs> so you're here to stay. You're not just like a short time. You're not just kind of, well, this just point we've been your here time. For, yeah, we've been here for 17 years. Um, when we moved, we thought three to five years or one year if it's not working out. And sure enough, after about the first six months, wasn't working out. So we made some changes and um, then we had another second child and then we had a first child start school and then we had a third child. <laughs> and so we're here to stay. Yes. That's how My you youngest is in fourth grade and uh, we're definitely planning to send them through high school here at least. So. <laughs> Excellent. So Anna, I have noticed, so you're an artist 
And one of the things that I noticed is your art is so beautiful. And I love like it. I used to live in South Minneapolis. I'm just a little bit of ways now, but it has that very, you can, you capture South Minneapolis so beautifully, but you also capture like very Northern Minnesota. So, so, so beautifully. And I'm just wondering if you could tell us a little bit about sort of how, I mean, you moved to the city, you moved here to Minneapolis and how you found yourself up like near the boundary waters and trying and expressing yourself artistically um, through beautiful art from that area. Yeah, I um, I had a few friends when we first moved here um, within the first couple of years who said, oh, you got to check out the boundary waters in Ely. And, um, you know, our kids were so young and where kids are pretty spread out, pretty far in age. Um, so we had young kids for a long time because they're spread out far in age. And so I started taking um, my kids on one-on-one backpacking trips. When each of them turned six, I would take them on little one-on-one trips um, every year, uh, mostly because I really just uh, so enjoyed the time with them, that one-on-one time with them. Um, my mom died when I was six, and I wanted to create some really concrete memories for myself um, mm-hmm. going forward of you know, spending really quality time with my kids. And I love to do that outside. And it was so nice to be able to do that at their pace. Um, so then when my youngest was, I guess, two, we started going up to Camp De Nord, which I had had <gasps> a few friends point us in that direction. And we started yeah. spending a lot of time there in the summers. And then um, I started spending some time there in the winter and the fall. Um, and then we started spending a lot more time there in the winter. <laughs> and um, I had a really wonderful opportunity to create some artwork for Dunord. Um, so I've been calling it Art Dunord, but um, nice. she creates a, a lot of mailings for them and thank you cards and donor uh, gifts for them. And so I got more and more involved with the, the artwork up there, which has been really lovely. And then that leads to other things or <laughs> connections with people up there. And um, I got the opportunity to be not just a camper, but, um, you know, a contributing member of the Dunord community in that way. And um, we just love it up there. I crave deeply the green when it's for us, for me in the winter, it's not the cold that's challenging for me, but it's the green. And so I love to go up there with um, into the forest, the evergreen forest and the Northwoods. Oh yeah. The smell yeah. of it. I, I can just yeah. smell it in my head right now. Just that beautiful. Winter is my sweet. favorite season up there. Really? Yeah. What oh, is yeah. it? it. Wh- why? Uh, it's just true winter. Um, so, so cold and crisp and just incredibly beautiful. I, I love it. I just think when it, once it's cold, it's cold. It doesn't really matter what temperature it is. And I've learned over the years how to dress and move, you know, I'm really active. So I'm able to stay warm doing whatever we are doing outside. And fortunately, my family's really weather hurdy as well. My kids don't know any different. So. Nice. And this is coming from a Californian. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when we moved here, um, everybody kind of said, oh, you're going to hate it. And I'm pretty hard headed. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'll show them. <laughs> I think initially. And, uh, you know, we bought a little tiny plastic um, kayak that you know, I'm only five foot one. So I wanted a little kayak that I could put in instead of on top of my car with my toddler, then toddler, um, that I would be able to take him in the rivers and take him on the lakes paddling with him just sitting on my lap. And 
So I thought, well, if I live in the land of 10,000 lakes, I want to get on them. And then yeah. I learned how to get out on the lakes in the winter, hiking and um, skating. I love to skate on the lakes. And um, yeah, I really love it. And so you love it so much that you are now building Let's talk about this cabin. Yes, so you're putting down, I mean, so you put down roots in Minneapolis, but now you're really putting down roots. It, is, is this up in Ely? Yeah, it's up in Ely. And um, so what we're on, we're doing a few things up there. Um, and it's definitely, I'm spending quite a lot of my time up there. I was spending about 25% of my time up there, at least this winter and the past couple months, it's getting closer and closer to 50% of my time. Um, so I'm up there alone a whole lot, which is wonderful. And, um, it's a nice balance of being remote, but if far close enough to 169, I feel like if my car won't start, if there's too much snow, I can hike out. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. five miles out. Um, and I'm building a variety of things. Um, I should set the record straight because what I'm building, I don't know if I could say I'm building a cabin. I'm building, I have a prefab shed. This was the compromise with, with my family um, because it was unrealistic for me to get all those materials in myself. That um, driveway is barely navigable. So, um, and it's about a, about an eighth of a mile long. So in the winter, we just walk in and we can drive in now, but it's real iffy. Um, so I can wow. fit a few things in my van before, <laughs> before <laughs> I bottom out the driveway. Um, but I'm converting a prefab shed, which I gave the specifications for into a bunkhouse. And, uh, oh, wow. we're wow. moving quite, a, quite a, right along. Actually, we've, I've installed, um, six windows and I had some of my son's friends come up with me and help me paint it. And I've had, um, I've been doing a bunch of decking and I, on on the bunkhouse and right now I'm going to be having someone else insulate it for me which is great and then I'm going to be um installing um walls and shiplap ceiling and I'll be um what it, where I designed it was for six people to be able to fit it in it's, it's 150 square feet only so it's 10 by 15 um so for six people to be able to sleep in it then it's two um very simple platforms and then just a wall of cabinets and that's it. We're all wow. off grid. And so we don't have plumbing and no power. Uh, we have a solar panel and a little power bank. That's enough to charge our phones and keep the lights on. And then uh, I'm going to be putting out a little wood burning stove in there. So, wow. and you're pretty doing, simple. I am amazed. Yeah. That, I mean that you, so I, I find it funny that you're kind of putting yourself down a little bit for do, having a prefab shed, but um, <laughs> just yeah. the idea of even doing part of what you're doing. I, I certainly couldn't do it. It doesn't sound like yeah. a lot of fun to me and, but it's fun for you. It's a lot of fun for me. I love it. It's so rewarding. And I just, I really love to be outside. And so I really wanted to figure out a way for us to be there because we spent so much time there this year. We just, this is, the property is new to us. Um, so we spent so much time there this year with nothing on it. So I really wanted to be sure that we stayed outside <laughs> and but that we would be able to sleep there regardless of the weather. Um, and so the, the, tr- the key for that has been uh, some of the other things we've been building. My daughter and I built an outhouse. Um, we haven't yet dug the, had the um, pit dug for it. So right now I'm calling it a, an open air phone booth. It doesn't have a roof. It's just <laughs> like, this is perfect. So I don't really need anything more than this. Yeah. And, um, and I built a tool shed 
which is awesome. So I designed that and built that on my own. And um, so we have a place to store stuff and it's just eight by eight feet, but having a place that has a roof and a door on it um, to be able to store some things up there is super helpful. It's and then so badass. Yeah, so a jewel badass. shed. What woman yeah. can say that? I couldn't help you. <laughs> I love that so much. I've been, so then one of the things I've been doing basically between being up there, I've been teaching one-on-one um, woodworking classes for, um, by default, it's been all women, um, ages teen through sixties. Um, and so I'm teaching either ta- um, bench making, so making sets of benches or sets of chairs. And I've had um, a couple of people ask me to make tables, one with them and one for them also. Um, so that's been really rewarding. And I've had students who, um, some students are pretty comfortable with some basic tools and some have one woman claimed that she had thinks she had maybe touched a screwdriver once. So um, it's in this, the course of a couple of hours able to help guide um, students through feeling more and more comfortable with tools is super rewarding. And then they're so proud of what they've made. And um, they, especially because benches and chairs, especially the COVID era, something that they can share and enjoy and um, just feel proud, proud of themselves for, and feel a little bit of that badassery too. Um, then you've got them using the big saw and, you know, I think just reminding people that you're allowed to make noise in a mess actually feels mm. really, really great. And I think we are programmed to clean things up and to <laughs> keep things kind of under control. And I make such a mess <laughs> and I do manage to get it back together, but the creative process is really messy yeah. and non-linear a lot of times. Yeah. And so I think just reminding people that they can do that and, you know, we make a lot of mistakes and that's actually the part that I think is most interesting to me because it's so creative and you're like, well, I messed that up. How am I going to fix it? Or how am I going to change my plans? Or, you know, how am I going to adjust my expectations to be fine with it? Or is it still structurally sound? If so, let's proceed. So what, um, what's some mistake that you've made that you've like, that ends up kind of working out for you? Oh gosh. Um, hmm. I guess I first went to like everything is a mistake. <laughs> I'm constantly making mistakes. Um, well, I mean, the design challenge piece of it when you have miscuts and you, mm. you know, up there, I'm not going to like run to the store and get something to fix it. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to figure out a way to make it work. And so if that means, you know, doing a little patchworking and being fine mm-hmm. with it or doing a patchworking. And as long as it structurally sounds oftentimes something that you can hide, um, it's fine. And I, you know, I had a, recently last week, I had some, a couple of teenage girls working with me. They were making some chairs and one of them said like, this is so fun because it doesn't have to be perfect. So just being freed of feeling like it has to be just so, because it's possible to get started. If you feel like what I'm going to make is going to be perfect, then yeah. you're going to be shot down in five minutes. So um, if you let go of that right away, I did have a different student who, then it was a mom-daughter team and the mom right away said, oh, she's such a perfectionist. And I said, oh, I'll make that easy. It's not going to be perfect. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> and think, like, and then it's I fun. love that. I don't think all women need this. All women need to, I feel like we're a precondition to feel like we can never fail. There's so much pressure to like be perfect at everything. And I just love that embracing failure. That's how you learn. That's how you grow. And that's why we don't try. 
Well, that's why we don't try. I mean, that's why, I mean, I'm scared to pick up tools because I don't know how to use them. Or, I mean, I can do a hammer and a nail, but I'm also very scared to I put some things up today. And I'm very scared to even put a hole in the wall because what if it's not right? Like, what if that's well, not really where I want that? Yeah. Well, you can teach yourself to fix it or you could cover it with something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, I've been building so much up north and just even this past weekend, actually, um, my husband and I had our wedding anniversary and we left the kids at home with a, um, a young adult friend. That was the first time in 11 years that we've done that with this just wow stupid. Um, but happy anniversary. Was, Thank yeah. you. I was 21 years. Um, I was thinking that we would relax and he was like, yeah, I want to work too. I want to put some <laughs> sweat equity into this. So we, um, so we built a canoe wreck. And it was fun and rewarding. And I designed it on the drive up there with what I knew I had on hand up there and what I had in the back of my van. And, um, you know, now it's so sweet because I'll look at the canoe wreck and I think, well, that was a a really lovely weekend. Sweating. (laughs) Yeah. It was a lot. (laughs) Are you self-taught or or did this happen in Minnesota, this building Thing, or had this been something that you'd been doing in, in your previous life? I am for the most part self-taught. Yeah. Um, I have been an artist all my life and I love to um, experiment with materials and I'm not, um, I get really curious about, you know, what would it be like to work with that or um, especially with wood, wood is really interesting to me. I, I am a textile artist also. And so it's really quite similar. I think the fabric where you can, um, you know, figure out how to piece things together and how to make there's fabric like wood is so varied and organic and um, how to make something that's in your head in, into a three-dimensional object um, that, that works the function that serves the function that you want it to is super interesting to me, but yeah, I'm for the most part self-taught. And has confidence, this type of confidence been part of who you are for your entire existence um, I think I've gotten more confident as I've gotten older. I'm loving my age. I'm about to turn 45 and I feel a little bit like I've graduated into a new stage of my life and that feels yeah. really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that goes hand in hand with having a young adult child and um, my husband's in his fifties and it's kind of a little bit like you know, if not now, never. Yeah. And, um, you know, I approach this stage of my life maybe a little bit differently than some people do because my mom died at 37. And so I just feel super fortunate to be here. And I feel like, well, heck, if it's important to me, I should do it now. Mm-hmm. So I think I, that feeds a bit of confidence. And um, I think I have really let go of the idea that I'm going to start wearing like mascara and fancy shoes and just fully accepted <laughs> who I have always been. Amen. I'm not going to be that. Amen. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'd say I've gotten more confident, but I've always been kind of good at failing. <laughs> I think, you know, I was an artist at a young age and I would play around with my grandma and I would like go, um, look for stuff in nature and make things out of it. And, you know, it oftentimes doesn't go as you plan. <laughs> I love that. So, so nature was part of your early discovering your artistic talents. Nature was part of that kind of awakening for you. Yeah, I mean, I would say I did spend a lot of time with her, and we would gather things to make baskets, and we would, 
you know, make things that we found from what we found on the beach. And um, I've always gone to nature for inspiration. And I'm, I'm just really, um, that's where I get fueled. And that's my, you know, where I go to find solace and where I go to, um, to recenter myself outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I really, lo- I really love to be in wild places in the wilderness. And you know, my family, um, we do, we do a lot of backpacking and we're all really comfortable with being out in, in wild places under the stars and in the dark. And a friend of mine laughed at me a couple of years ago because we were, I needed a witness. I was doing um, a small name change as a family. We were doing that. And um, so I needed an adult witness. So she came with us downtown and I was driving and I'm terrified of the parking garage. <laughs> 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 and she said, this is so funny. You're afraid of the parking garage, but you don't mind being on, you know, top of a mountain with your family. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. I'm scared. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm lost. I'm nauseous. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. So I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into what, because Jody and I agree. We, we, nature for us is fuel for the soul. And um, I would just love for you to elaborate. Is, are there any, just, um, examples of, you know, what nature does to you. Like if you're feeling stressed or, or, you know, what, what's the scenario that you will find yourself in and then you go into nature and you feel better. You, you feel refueled. Uh, well, always. I mean, I, I'm a lifelong runner. I've always like processed things through getting outside and moving my body and breathing fresh air and feeling my blood pumping. And um, I really need the dirt under my feet. I simply, I mean, it's so simple, but I just found, find so much grounding from having my feet on the ground Yeah, in the dirt. And, you know, we live in a pretty urban place. And so I've had to really actively seek that out. Fortunately, I have a very active dog (laughs) and that helps a lot because he loves the dirt like I do. And uh, so that's an everyday basis, even when I'm in the city. Um, And I, I've always like when things are really hard, I've always turned to nature and I've had some really hard things. And, um, you know, I, it's, I've never felt like, um, for me, the way to like resolve unrest in my heart or unrest in my mind is to get really deep into, into, um, wild places. So I love that. (laughs) Can I, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, yeah. I have yeah. a follow up to that because I really appreciate the fact that you go and you do it and you follow your heart, your heart and you know that's how you refuel and you know that you're going to feel better if you give yourself that space and time and you separate yourself from your family. Like you're going and doing, you know, you're going and building your your dream space and like being in these wild places. And I love some advice on how I could do that or how our listeners might be able to, because I feel like a lot of women feel tethered to their homes and their families in a way that, you know, like they can't get along without me. Like I I can't have hobbies. I can't have these things that I do. Like I need to be here for my family and organizing and running around and driving kids everywhere. Do you have any suggestions for people? Well, I get it. I feel super tethered. And I guess I've, you know, I've been parenting for almost 19 years now. And I think um, this is relatively new for me to be up there quite a bit. 
and they're able to come up there um, to work with me and um, a fair amount. And right now, I think um, just realizing that I can be there for them without physically being there at every minute. (laughs) And they're old enough that they're doing distance learning right now. They've got their thing going, but I definitely stock the fridge and set them up for success. (laughs) And, um, you know, dad is home, of course, too, uh, working from home these days. So in a lot of ways, it's a really unique opportunity for me to be working up there quite a bit. But they've been able to be up there with me quite a lot, too. Um, weekdays I'm up there alone, but sometimes on the weekends they're, they're up with me as well. Um, I don't know how to answer that because I felt really tethered over the years too. And I think this year has been so uniquely challenging in that way that I was feeling a bit like, um, feeling that feeling that we all get is like resentment, like, the groundhog day over and over and over again yes and just realizing like is that true for me or are they comfortable doing what they're doing and I'm going to go do what I'm doing and I'll be back in 36 hours (laughs) we'll be right back with Anna's top tip We Do This For Fun is supported by 515 Productions, a high-end video production business based in Minneapolis. The website is 515productions.com. And did you know that Jodi is also a health and wellness coach? Check out her website at jodygruen.com. If you like this podcast, we'd love your support. Please rate and review us and hit subscribe. Learn more about us at wedothisforfun.com. with Anna Lowenthal-Walsh, and she is going to, drumroll please, give us her top tip. Anna. <laughs> My top tip for anything? Yes, anything. <laughs> the sky is the limit. Well, I guess it's pretty obvious from, I feel like I've spelled it out for us, but I think to just accept that the beauty in you is your perfectly imperfect self and to embrace that. and when you start something it won't it won't ever be perfect so letting that go from the very get-go will allow you to start it because starting it getting to the starting point kind of like training for a marathon getting to the starting line is much harder than getting to the finish line not that it's not hard to get to the finish line Mm -hmm. but to give yourself the confidence to get yourself to the starting line and just accept yeah. like it's not going to be perfect and there's no reason why it should be um yeah. and give yourself that's really benefit. freeing it's so it freeing is. and just yes. and giving yourself the benefit of the doubt I think so much you know we yeah we question ourselves we second guess ourselves and we give everyone else the benefit of the doubt we give everybody else grace so why can't we do the same for well and you learn so much when you fail yeah oh, how can I fix that or is that still important to me or um you know, what is a creative solution? Um, those are really important, important things to, to try and to ask yourself and to be curious about. Um, so if you can, you know, go ahead and make those mistakes and think like, hmm, 
is this worth fixing? Is it still structurally sound? Does it still make sense to proceed in this fashion? What's a, what's a creative solution to this with what I have on hand? Yeah. So those are all benefits of accepting from the get-go that it's not going to be perfect. So I'd say that feels like it can translate to a lot of things, kind of like yeah. Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The turkey's probably going to be burnt or underdone. Yeah. That's in my house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but who cares? Exactly. <laughs> it's not, that's not the point. <laughs> Actually, I've made some, a lot of Thanksgiving dinners and I've made some terrible ones and the terrible ones we had just as much fun. So mm-hmm. good yeah. example. Okay. So Anna, with that then, do you not feel that weird frenzied, like, oh my gosh, like, do you, do you, do you feel that ever? Or are you able, because you carry this and you have this acceptance and this confidence and your willingness to make mistakes and all of that? I, I'm just saying this because I want this for myself, but I so often feel this like frenzied, oh my God, like, what if this, what if that, whatever? Like, how do you, how do you get to this place? Okay. I feel that all the time, okay. but I try to ask myself, what is the worst case scenario? Yeah. <laughs> And a lot of times the worst case scenario I could live with. Mm. So that helps a lot for me. Um, But yeah, I get that, of course. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I get that. Mm -hmm. But I get that about some irrational things. And, you know, when I get into that place of frenzy, frenzy, I start worrying about worrying, then it's time time to get out in deep nature. I got to relax. That's when you jump in the car and you go up and start working on that cabin. Put my shoes on and get out the door. (laughs) Yes. I mean, my goodness, that is no place to be. And and I I guess it helps a lot, you know, raising kids and teenagers and you think, okay, I'm going to, how do I want to communicate with them? What if they come to me and they say, the, I don't know, the equivalent, I just use Thanksgiving dinner as an example. It's kind of a terrible example with a teenager, but what if they come to me and say like, this terrible thing has happened, the turkey's burnt. Well, you think, well, we could always eat McDonald's, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. it's not the worst case scenario. We tried. Um, mm-hmm. So there's something to be learned in all of those mistakes, but um, I guess, yeah, I mean, I try to model that for my kids and definitely, yeah, the yeah. ones who are going out into the world and, you know, learning to deal with problems that we all have many problems in every day and just try to be I try to be soft on myself in the same way that I would be soft on my kids or a close friend and you know point out to them the things they're doing right it's really easy to get into the spiral of all the things we're doing wrong and I think if we can you know try to even I've tried it out loud even say like oh look at that there's my pencil <laughs> you know it's like instead of like oh I can never find my pencil yeah yeah <laughs> just celebrate the it's kind of ridiculous but I celebrate a lot of really small victories <laughs> no that's that's amazing and that's how you get through life yeah. mm-hmm. get through the day yeah well Anna this has been just lovely talking to you how can people find you if people want to find you online or on social media well, I have a website and it's my long name.com. So it's Anna Lowenthal Um, and I, I am using social media, um, in kind of three different ways right now. I, I have a personal site where I share about my family and our outdoor adventures and the things that we're doing and, um, you know, brag about my kids <laughs> and um I have my art site and I share a lot of work that I do commission work that I do and there's a lot of blurry lines right now and I have um 
my building site. So my art site, my personal site is AnnaLowenthalWalsh.com. My art site is AnnaLowenthalWalsh.art. And this is on Instagram. And um, my building site is AnnaLowenthalWalsh.builds. Um, and so I'm sharing a lot of what I'm building um, through that because I think I think it's inspiring to people. I think it's really helpful. Like I said, I'm five foot one. I think it's really helpful for people to see that you don't have to be a large man in order to be able to do hard physical work. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I guess I try to share a bit of small and mighty and a bit of small, but mighty on there. I love that. Um, well, Anna, thank you so much absolutely. for this fun. doing this with us. We just appreciate it so much. This has been a, such a blast getting to talk with you. Thank you. It's been really fun talking with you guys too. Thanks, Anna. Yeah. Bye-bye. your outdoor hero. We want to meet them. Share your outdoor enthusiasts and evangelists with us at wedothisforfun.com.